Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Rod on ESPN. ESPN.com Giants reporter here with the final week episode featuring Dane Bellin. We're going to talk to the young Giants safety in a few minutes. But first, first, I, first things first, I really need to apologize. There was no episode last week. And I know you're saying to yourself, come on, Jordan, you let us down. And I get it. Excuses are for losers. Yet I'm going to sit here and I'm going to provide you excuses real quick. It was a short week. It was the holidays. I wasn't feeling good. Every my house wasn't feeling good. Had to run around. Maybe producer scoping is just so good that it's going to make my voice sound good right now. But my voice is messed. It's messed up right now. Like every word I'm talking here hurts. I have a cup of tea here next to me. Trying to make it feel good. Trying to soothe my throat. So I'm trying. So I apologize. That's all I could do. I could apologize to you. Now, we'll get through a few things. We got a, we got a few topics we got to touch on here. Number one, you know, all the questions you really guys want to hear about. We'll talk about the quarterback situation, the draft, right? How they handle that, which guys and coaches, players and coaches might stay and go. We'll get to that in a little bit. We haven't been here since the last time I did one of these. Tommy DeVito was still the starter. Giants played the Eagles. Brian Abel benched him at halftime. Tyrod, they played the Rams the following week. Tyrod started. So, real quick, let's touch on the Tommy DeVito subject. Here's what we know now that we've seen this all unfold. The Giants don't really consider Tommy DeVito part of their plans, right? That's just the reality of the situation. That's what this says. Their actions, that's what their actions tell you. Because if they wanted to develop DeVito and it mattered to them, they have no reason to play Tyrod Taylor now. He's like two and a half games. Right? You, you know, I, yeah, I get it. Tyrod Taylor's a better quarterback right now than Tommy DeVito. That was always the case. We knew that. But you're a young quarterback. You're not really playing for anything. Well, let's try and develop. Let's see what we got. Maybe we do have a, a cheap free backup. Maybe when some miracle he did develop into something bigger. Who knows? But now the Giants have made it clear Tommy DeVito's going to be their third quarterback this offseason. Maybe he develops into more. We'll see. But. In the meantime, they're going to either, and Joe Shane has said this, sign someone in free agency or draft a quarterback. Now, the more I talk to people around the league, the more I get the sense that the Giants, with this high pick, right, they're excited to have a high pick. They want to have a high pick. And why would you want to have a high pick? Because you want to draft a quarterback. Right? This is a rare opportunity. You don't get up this high very often. And Joe Shane... I truly believe this. His reputation is at stake. His career is at stake here. Does he really, can you, with a good conscience, want to build your team right now around a quarterback who now has, remember, when they first arrived, he was coming off a season where he injured his neck and missed the final six games. Now he has two neck injuries and a torn ACL. Do you want to put your career and reputation at stake on that? Does Joe Shane really want to do that? Or does he see an opportunity here? Say, hey, we can get our quarterback. We can build. We're going to have a top. Right now, the Giants have the fifth pick. Could get up even higher. I don't see it that likely of them moving up beyond like four. But anyway, the question is, you know, as I'm talking to scouts and executives who have looked at some of these college quarterbacks, it seems like Caleb Williams and Drake May are the top two, I'm, according to most people. And the third one that's going to come in is likely Jaden Daniels, the LSU prospect, the LSU quarterback. 
what did he excel at? Throwing the deep ball. Hmm. So Tyrod does well. So Josh Allen does well. Brian Dable seems to like that in his quarterbacks. Jaden Daniels was unbelievable throwing deep ball this year. Athletic. His frame is a little bit of a concern to some people, but he's the one that I'm going to keep my eye on to start. Now we'll see. The question is, is he available if the Giants pick five? Or does that third quarterback go before? And you're going to say, well, what about Michael Penix? And I agree. Michael Penix, if it was just talent, skill, and the way he's played, talking about the Washington quarterback, obviously was great all year, Heisman runner-up, amazing in the college football semifinal. But Michael Penix, there are people in the NFL that are, probably every NFL team actually, that are very concerned about his medicals, about his health. Talk about a guy who had four consecutive seasons and with injuries. Two of them were torn ACLs. How are you going to, if you're the New York Giants, invest that high a pick, let's say in the top 10, in Michael Panix Jr., who has that kind of injury history? Forget the age. I don't care about age. If you're a 25-year-old, he's probably, I think he's younger, 24, 23 or 24. But even if you're a 25-year-old quarterback, like, you could last 10 years as a quarterback in the NFL. You get 10 years out of a quarterback. It's a great run, right? So who cares? So age, I don't care. I don't worry about. But the injury history is something you got to worry about. Will his body hold up? Will he get old super quick? What happens when he loses some of it? He's not even, like, his athleticism isn't even his strength now. Already. He's still in college because of the injuries. So these are all concerns. I have a hard time thinking, all right, we have a quarterback whose biggest concern and that, trust me, the Giants believe the biggest their biggest concern with Daniel Jones is health, right? Because they obviously they like him, they signed him, they were willing to pay and invest, so they think he's a quality quarterback. All things aside, but health is the biggest concern for him right now. You're going to double down on that and take another quarterback with a health problem with a long medical history. I have a hard time believing that. I do. I just have a hard time believing that. All right. Let's get to some of the players and coaches real quick, and we'll, we'll get into Dane Belt in a few minutes. Uh, um, whether they return or not, Saquon Barkley, he spoke this week, made it very clear once again, he does not want to be franchise tag. That doesn't mean he won't be franchise tag. $12.1 million. The Giants can absorb that this year. They have pretty healthy salary cap-wise. If they really want to, they could absorb that. And the Giants aren't scared about Saquon Barkley being upset. You saw them just play that play like that this year. They were like, oh, we don't care. Here's the tech. Here's our offer. Now, I think it would benefit both sides to try to work something out. What exactly that number is, we'll have to reassess. But figure in that $12 million range. $12.5 million. Like, would, would it, who, like, if you're the, if you're the Giants, I probably wouldn't even go there. So, like, multi-year deal at that range. So, like, what's Saquon's option? Hit the market? Is he really going to get $12 million in the free agent market? No. So there's a middle ground, I think, somewhere out there. We'll see if they can come to it. But $12.1 million really isn't that bad for Saquon on the franchise tag, if you ask me. I really don't think so. Now, he obviously wants to hit free agency. He said this because then you can see what his real value is on the open market. He also wants to stay in New York, right? He wants to finish his career here. His legacy matters to him. And also post-career-wise, he envisions himself being in New York, doing things in New York, you know, business-wise, media-wise. So I'm leaning towards it makes sense for him to return. Giants have so many holes on offense. They need a quarterback. We already talked about that. They need a number one wide receiver. need to find one of those. 
They need to upgrade the offensive line. Multiple pieces. You then get let Saquon Barkley walk. Now you need a running back too. That's a minimum of five pieces. Five real deal, super important pieces that you need on a, on your offense, right? And it's either going to cost you money or assets. Like how you don't just have unlimited money and assets. I don't know if you can really just let him walk. I really don't. As for the coaching staff, I, I really do. We're going to see some upheaval here. Uh, that's just the vibe I'm getting from talking to people. You could start with Wink Martin down. We know about the tension that existed there. I don't think that has subsided. I think if Wink Martindale had his druthers, that he would leave. Now, he's still under contract. So there's other factors that go into this. John Maris sits him down. Can they work it out? We'll see. We'll see. It'll probably take some enticing, maybe more money. A few extra years for Wink Martindale. I believe the Giants coaches are all on, uh, they have one year left on their deal after this year. If you want to keep them, usually with coaches, you don't bring everybody into their final year of their deal. You roll over, you tack on a year or whatever. So maybe there's some kind of solution there. The interesting part is, I heard this from a second person recently, that Mike Kafka also, if he had his druthers, would probably want to leave. And we're not talking about getting fired. We're not talking about firing Wink and, they, and, and Kafka. We're talking about them wanting to leave. If it was their choice. Now they're under contract, like I said. So it's not all necessarily their choice. They want to get paid, at least. So it'll be interesting. Who stays and who goes in that regard? I think the Giants could lose both coordinators. And then Thomas McGahee was the one you're saying, well, he was the one you're like, well, we saw earlier in the year. We saw in the preseason, Brian Dable stink item. Ernie, you know, was disgusted by him in the preseason, it seemed like. And then... Has the special teams gotten, you know, done anything throughout this season or much throughout this season that makes you think that that provides confidence? It makes you think they want to keep rolling forward like this? Ranked, what, 26th, I believe, in EPA? 23rd last year? That's not good. Now the one everybody wants to know is Bobby Johnson. And when, we, when you look at the development of the offensive line, it's hard to make a case for Bobby Johnson here. Like, even if you think he's a good coach with Bobby Johnson, I'm talking about the Giants' offensive line coach. Even if we think he's a good coach, and let's say the Giants, Brian Dable, think he's a good coach, it might just be time for a different approach in that room with some of these young guys, right? Because if you look at Josh Azuda, Marcus McKeithen, uh, Evan Neal, John Michael Schmitz has struggled badly this year. We have not seen the development and progress in any way, shape, or form. It makes me think I'd be surprised if Bobby Johnson was back at this point. Now, when we're talking about whether Brian Dable will pull the trigger on that, that's a different story. Because remember, that's one of his guys. It's one of the guys he brought with him. But I don't know how you could look at that objectively from an outsider view and come to the conclusion that they need to stick with Bobby Johnson. So I think that's a change that is inevitably coming. There'll be some more changes to the coaching staff as well. Uh, but we'll get to that, probably at least discuss it in next week's episode. Maybe we'll even have some resolution to some of that by next week's episode. Now, here's the one caveat I have. I can't see the Brian Dable getting rid of all three of his coordinators. Because if he does that, all the pressure is on him. Even if he gets rid of two of his coordinators, 
all of the pressures on him. Plus, I don't think John, if you're John Mary, you can't just let him get rid of all of his coordinators. That's ridiculous. You're basically going to have to start over at, at, at an offense defense. I mean, offense he'll take over, but on defense and special teams, that's a lot of turnover. I don't think John Mar- John Maris could be all right with that. And plus, if you're Brian Dable and Joe Shane, if you get rid of everybody around you, where does the spotlight turn? On you. There's nowhere else for it to go. It'll all be directly in their face, shining brightly, so brightly that they won't be able to see. And the second they'll slip up, like that's where all the eyes, that's where all the attention, that's where all the blame is going to go. And they don't want that. So I do think they find a way to keep one or two of these coordinators. And that's why it makes me think John Mara is going to step in and find a way with a wink, even if like that's not his desire to stay. But we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. In the meantime, Let's get the Dame Bell. On to the next one. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, let's bring on giant safety Dane Belton here. Dane, welcome to the show. Appreciate appreciate the time, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. You're, you're coming on the show after a pretty good performance, two interceptions. A fumble recovery. You stepped in. Jason Pinnock hurt his foot. You stepped in. What was it? Second quarter. Yeah, probably late first. Early late second. first. Late first. Early second. Uh, got your opportunity. Took advantage. So, how do you feel when you're able to do that in that kind of game? I'm obviously you've been you know biding your time here, waiting for this opportunity. Yeah, it feels good to finally get the opportunity. You know, kind of what you know I've said before. I know. You know, my, my skill and talent level, I know I can play this level, and it was it was just waiting on the opportunity, you know, kind of. I said it, you know, at a post-game. It was nothing against, you know, the safeties we have or the coaches or anything. It's just, you know, kind of the situation. And, you know, for me, it, it was tough to not be – being able to play uh, the, as much as I want throughout the season, but, you know, always staying ready at the same time. So when I got my opportunity, I know how to capitalize on it. You say staying ready. So – when you're not playing, I know you're a big part of the special teams, you're, you know, the pump protector and the punt unit, but mm-hmm. on the defensive side, how do you stay ready? Like what, what can you do, you know, aside from just normal practicing to sort of be ready when that opportunity does come? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's really just about preparing like you're a starter, you know, you, every, you know, you go out throughout the week and you get tips and keys from the, from the coaching staff and this and that, you got to make sure you, are familiar with those, you know, studying film as if you're going to play every snap. So when you get in there, there's nothing unfamiliar, unfamiliar to you. You know, you get in, you're, you're comfortable and you know what's going on. You know the game plan, like the back of your hand and just preparing like you're a starter. You know, that's that's, that's the easiest way I can say it. You feel like you're a different player than you were last year? Like the like the Dane Belton we see when you're in the game now as a safety compared to the Dane Belton we saw on film last year. Yeah, I definitely do. You know, I definitely feel like uh, just the intensity and effort level is higher. And really just the biggest thing is being healthy. You know, last year when I was playing, 
Um, I wasn't my full my full self, my playing to the best of my ability just because of the injuries I had and I was playing with that kind of hindered my play. And I feel like this year is it's a little different story. I'm, I'm fully healthy and able to, you know, kind of throw my body into things. But I do think I, I've definitely improved. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a continuation of a football player. You know, every year you want to improve. So, you know, I feel like even next year I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get better. So I definitely think I'm a better player this year than I was last. You had the two surgeries last offseason, right? It was uh, yep. shoulder? Yeah, shoulder and collarbones. Shoulder and collarbone. So, yeah, that, that kind of was limiting you throughout the season. I don't know if you heard, but so Brian Debo was asked kind of about how you played and stepped in. And he mentioned that the thing that stood out to him was the effort and the way you sort of tracked down Puka uh, Nakua on that play. And also, I believe it was another touchdown that, that they actually got in, but you you still got the guy right at the goal line and were, made an effort there. Did you notice that? And what does that mean to you when the head coach is calling you out for that? Oh, yeah. Someone did uh, tell me yesterday about that. And it, it means a lot. You know, that that is something that you can't coach, you know, effort level. And it's something that, you know, kind of talking on, like, what's kind of different this year and building on that. You know, I feel like that's something I've been building on since since training camp. You know, whenever I get my opportunity and I'm on the field, especially this season having limited snaps, you know, whenever I'm on the field, I want to give – full effort, run to the ball, be in every picture. And so just being able to be recognized for that was was definitely a good feeling. And you know, that's something I want to continue as a player. Every time I'm on the field, you know, I'm, I'm going to get full effort. You know, you kind of praise guys that can do that. Every play, they're running to the ball 100%. So, you know, that's kind of what I want to build my game off of. Did you watch that play on tape? And what did you see? What did you see? And specifically the Nakua one when you tracked him down. Yeah, I, I did watch it. And it was just... You know, right when I saw it, it was no question. And I was like, I kind of joked about it with, you know, people in my family. It was like, right when I saw it, I kind of put my head down. And for for a while there, I wasn't even looking at him. I just kind of picked my angle and just started, like, sprinting as if I was in track, you know, kind of head down. And then after a while, then I looked up to see where he was and kind of finished the play. So it was it was kind of, you know, funny on that end. But, you know, it was just, it was it was no question. I was like, you know, I'm a, even if I don't get him, I was just going to run and, you know, see where it ended up. And, I was able to, you know, kind of track him down and, you know, it was a good play for the time being. But, you know, I feel like that was just kind of indicative on what I've been building on since, you know, like I said, like training camp, just being able to give 100% every play. He kind of peeked at the board. Did you see that? Did yeah, you know? I did. It, yeah. You you did not peek at the board. No, not at all. When, when you're tracking at that point, you're just looking? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, at first I was just looking down, trying to run as fast as I can and then. Once I got, you know, a few more steps in, started, you know, eyeing him and trying to, trying to finish the play. I'm looking. I just, uh, I got you at 20.62 miles per hour in that play. Mm. What do you think? It's not bad. Not, not bad. You could do better? Yeah, I think I they had me at 21.3 uh, this preseason. So it's definitely not my best, but, you know, it, it paid off, I guess. So you show up to the game. You're looking sharp. Your total business... <laughs> Right, you got yeah. the briefcase though. They, they, mm. uh, level that. Let me set the scene. Dane's in the suit, all suited up nicely. He's got the briefcase, like the old school style briefcase. Uh, skinny, squarish. Is mm. there anything in the briefcase? <laughs> and if there is, what do you bring in the briefcase? Because I'll tell you a story afterwards. Yeah, there, there's definitely stuff in the briefcase. I like to, I like to bring a bag every game for the most part. And I, I put the my essentials in there. You know, I got my, I got two sets of headphones. I got the, you know, AirPods, AirPods Max for in the locker room. And then I got the 
the old AirPods, like the small ones from when I go on the field for warm up. I got uh I got face wash lotion for after the game. I have uh toilet wipes for if I go to the bathroom, you know, kind of a pregame thing. Make sure I'm clean there and other than that, it's just kind of you know, that's, that's pretty much what I have in there. I, I gotta know though, you I'm not on why why do you need two separate headphones? Why do you uh, need two AirPods? I like the the big ones are better, you know, they're newer, better yeah. technology, they work better. But when I go on the field and I'm warming up, uh like you know, the warm up before the warm up, mm-hmm. if I wear the big ones and I'm moving around, they kind of fall off a little bit. So I like to wear the small ones because they fit, you know, snug in the ear, they don't fall off easily. So kind of that's why I have the, you know, the two different ones. Gotcha. So Dominique Rogers Camardi told this story on this on this podcast before. The Giants were actually going to London, and he mm-hmm. shows up with it was almost like a briefcase, a little, a little mini Lightning McQueen suitcase, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to like bring on the plane. It's kind of like his briefcase. Inside, I believe it had only two things: a thousand dollars in singles and a box of Trojan condoms. That's what he was bringing. <laughs> On the plane with him. I don't oh, know man. Dominique Rogers Camardi in general. Yeah. Dude, was mm-hmm. a char- dude was a character also in big into movies and like superheroes and like uh, Marvel and stuff. And so hence the, I know Lightning Queen isn't technically superhero Marvel, but you, you, you kind of get, get, mm-hmm. get the point. That's <laughs> funny. <no. laughs> yeah. So that's why I was curious. What do you actually have in the briefcase? I thought maybe it was just like a, you know, a, a fashion accessory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say a little bit of that, but also just, you know, kind of it, it serves a purpose, you know, just bringing in my essentials for the game. You're always dressing sharp for games. Give Take me take me through that re- routine. Like, uh, oh, man, uh, how just, much time and effort goes into it beforehand? What are you looking to accomplish? Like, what do you what do you what are your limitations? What do you what's your comfort zone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say. uh Fashion, you know, I've been really into that lately, you know, for the past couple of years. It's kind of an expression of who I am as a person. And uh, I feel like I have a lot of styles. You know, I don't stick to one specific, or, uh, specific you know, outline or, or cut. You know, I kind of branch out a little bit. And I would say on a normal week, you know, I spend a few hours, maybe two days before, you know, kind of two or three days before trying to set it out. But I feel like uh, the past five or six weeks, I kind of had every outfit planned and what week I was going to wear in advance. So. I kind of did my work early on that. And, you know, it's just a lot of things that go into it. I like accessories, bags, like we talked about, you know, glasses, different, you know, it's really about the, you know, kind of proportions, as someone would say, you know, kind of the, the, the fit of each clothing. And like I said, it's an expression of who I am as a person, what I like, you know, I like to feel good and like to look good. And this is kind of what I like to do pregame. I feel like you got You got a bunch of suits, though. They, you, you're a little more on the suit side than most guys. <laughs> yeah, I got a few suits. You know, I kind of, that's that's more of a recent thing. You know, I kind of realized, you know, as I'm getting into this professional space, suits are essential. And, you know, I've definitely uh, gathered a few and I definitely want to keep going on that. If I remember correctly, I believe you had a Montclair jacket as one of your like gifts for Christmas. Was it the White Santa? I mean, White Alabama, yeah. Secret Santa? Or something. Yeah, we did a little gift exchange in the team, and I did end up with the Montclair. So, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not, I, I will say I'm not a big, uh, you know, winter coat guy, but, you know, I have to see how I can incorporate that. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely love the gifts. What were the, uh, what were some of the gifts that, what was it, white elephant? Yeah, we did a white elephant. Uh, just some bags, you know, a, a lot of bags was the most part of, uh, 
one of the PlayStation Five portal. You know that new, yeah, yeah, new thing. Uh, yeah, some some uh, pants, some just different things. You know, we kind of some glasses, a couple pairs of glasses were in there. So, you know, guys kind of spread around. You know, kind of what we we got and put in there. So, is there? This is what I'm always curious of. Is there a minimum that guys have to spend, or is there a maximum? Yeah, there's a minimum. You know, I, I probably won't say that the minimum was, but it, it, it raised from last year in our room at least. And, you know, it, it, it makes it fun. You know, you don't want to get somebody a super cheap gift. You know, we're all very fortunate and blessed to be where we are. So kind of makes it fun to just really, you know, kind of bring gifts together and know, it, you know, there was some thought put in there and kind of, you know, excited for what we get. So you can't like show up with like a fifty dollar hat, you know, twenty dollar hat, no, whatever. No, definitely not. Yeah, out of the room for sure, huh? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, you did got you guys did come up short in that game, obviously, mm-hmm. against the Rams. Uh, but one thing we have noticed is this team is still playing hard. We've seen I've we've seen teams in in the past that kind of have, you know, folded it up and and went home. That is one thing we could say about the 2023 Giants is you guys have played hard till the end. Um, why do you think that is? And what is it about this group that you think has been able to hold it together in that regard? I just feel like the level of professionalism, you know, top to bottom, everyone in the building, it's, you know, that's the main goal is we want to win no matter what. And uh, even though we didn't have the season we wanted, you know, didn't get into the playoffs and this and that, but every game it's it's not about you know all oh, the season's already over we might as well give up it's always about how can we win this game you know we're always priding ourselves on on being the best playing the best and and trying to win so you know no matter what you know even this this next game coming up we're gonna you know our focus is on winning you know no matter what so it's just the level level of professionalism every player has that you know no matter what situation we're in we're we're gonna try to win Obviously, the Eagles are playing for something pretty big here, right? The, the, the yeah. title is potentially on the line for them. Is there anything from your perspective and from you talking to guys, do you care about being a spoiler? Does does that hold any meaning to you if you could do that? Yeah, it does a little, you know, but, at, you know, at the same time, it just feeds into what, what I just said like, about winning. You know, it, it definitely feels good to being able to you know, kind of what we talked about last year in our situation when we were playing the Colts. You know, they were going to try to come in and spoil for us when we needed that win to to get in the playoffs. So we know it's a thing. You know, we know it's a, something out there that teams think about to try to motivate themselves to to play a game that really isn't meaningful for them necessarily. But you know, for us, it's it's really just boils down to winning. You know, no matter what. You know, yeah, it would be nice to spoil or, or this and that. But you know, for us, it's just about we're going to go out there for the last time together you know this team for the last time and, and try to go out there and get a win so that's pretty much what the focus is on it's not out of the realm of possibilities that it might be the last time with wake martindale there's it's been pretty well documented there's been some tension between him and brian Dabo, at least publicly i don't know how much you guys get a sense of that and what would that be like if you know you found out he wasn't going to end up returning after this week yeah, see, I, I had no idea about it, uh, about any tension. You know, you don't really see that at all in, in the facility. So I didn't know about it till it was addressed uh, one time, you know, a couple weeks ago. And I was I was kind of shocked. But, you know, I have, you know, now that that has come up, you know, there is a possibility. And, uh, you know, we're just, that's something we're not really focused on, you know, what's going to happen after, you know, it's kind of a, a future, you know, thinking about the future too much. But for us, you know, like I said, we're, if it is our last game, we're going to try to go out with a bang. And uh, 
we know it, it will be our last game with some players. And, you know, every year, you know, Rome is going to be different. You know, team's going to look different. So you get that that uh, that feeling no matter what. And uh, so our focus on winning this game and whatever happens, happens. And we're going to move forward in the future. All right. We're going to wrap up here. Let's let's have you take us inside the DB room, okay? Mm. We need to find out what the defensive back room is like. All right. So we'll start with an easy one. Who's the leader? Who's the who's the guy whose voice is heard the loudest? Uh, it's definitely Xavier. Why? Uh, he's just he has that that leadership mentality, you know, from the jump. You know, when I came in, it was his uh, it was his third year, so he, he's still fairly young. But he was just that guy that had the the voice in the room. Everyone listens to. He's a, he's a playmaker, and he's just he goes about his business the right way. So people kind of gravitate to his voice. And he, the main thing I would say is he's all about winning. You know, it kind of it kind of shows. You know, even when we're in our losing, you know, spell and the, the frustration he has sometimes, but it all stems from winning. And you kind of, yeah, you, you know, people have different opinions on how he handled it, but at the end of the day, you know, his focus is on winning, and we weren't doing that. So, you know, to have a mindset like that is that no matter how you know he played or any of the team played, as long as we won, it was it was good. So, just a guy like that, you can appreciate. Biggest personality in that room is, oh. I would say probably we have a few. I would say Adori or Darnay. Definitely. I figured you. I, Adori was the first one that came to my head when I wrote that down. Yeah, yeah, those guys are, are big personality guys. Uh, can you do a Deontay Banks impression? Oh uh, man, I would say uh, I gotta say like if if we're talking about goals for a week, he'll be like, "Let me get two picks." I mean, two of them things. That's probably the best I could do. I don't know. He kind of has the accent. It's kind of hard to emulate. It's it's very. <laughs> that's why I asked you because it's so. It's kind of unique. I like when you're going up to him for the first time. You don't know him or whatever. You're surprised that that's his accent and that's his voice. You know. It, yeah. You're like, oh shoot! You know, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect yeah. that. Um, mm, yeah, we always give him crap for, it, but you know, it's kind of it's kind of a joke we got. Everyone has. What's up, my guy? <laughs> yeah like, what's up my guy that's because he doesn't know any of our names so we call this all my guy <laughs> um you need a loan who who do you who do you go to who do you trust the most in that room mm, i need a loan i'm gonna go flat i feel like flat if you like we're really close and you know he'll definitely look out and knowing that you know we trust each other we're gonna pay each other back on that and Kind of appreciative. That's my guy, though. I'm definitely going to fly. You'll ride with Flyd any day of the week. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, you mentioned your relationship with Flyd. I noticed you and Micah McFadden also seem to have mm-hmm. a very close relationship. You're from yeah, yeah. the same town. I'm not the same town, but the same area, same city, right? Tampa mm-hmm. area. You yeah. went to the Midwest. You know, you, you played college football. <laughs> he played at Indiana. You played at Iowa. You signed with the same agency. Did mm-hmm. you know him? Did you know of him as a player in Tampa area before? Yeah, it was kind of funny. So, uh, you know, we do have a really good relationship now. And it was growing up, we kind of knew of each other. We never really hung out or anything. We weren't in the same friend groups, but we definitely knew of each other. And going to the Midwest, you know, we had been following each other on Instagram since high school. And, you know, going to the, like you said, playing in the Midwest, we ended up playing each other our last years in college. And we, but we really didn't uh, kind of get, I guess talk is until that fly up after after the draft, you know, going into OTAs is I was sitting at the gate and he walks up and we knew like we both got drafted and stuff, but 
Right. right. Uh, and we we hit each other up as well. But right when we got to the gate, he came up to me, and then we were sitting next to each other on the flight. And ever since then, it was kind of uh, just uh, a friendship uh, that's been growing. So it was we knew of each other, you know, starting, but we weren't super close. But it's kind of cool seeing that come to fruition, having that you know kind of familiarity with someone going into a new place. Is he, is he your locker mate? Is he in the locker? Yeah, he is. He's a couple over. Which, which yeah, he's right next to me. Yeah. So yeah, locker mates from the same area. Did you play against him in high school? Uh, we played against each other in a, a, a spring kind of scrimmage. And uh, so our, we, we both went to really, uh, really good high schools in the area, two of the top high schools in the area. And we played, I remember we played each other in that scrimmage. And that was probably the year of my high school had one of the best teams that I was a part of. And he had their best teams. And we kind of go back and forth the whole on the scrimmage. But <laughs> I think the consensus is uh, my team won for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. In your mind, of course, you're too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember him in that scrimmage? Like, do you remember? Yeah, him? I do. I, I remember. Uh, he could play. Yeah, because that, that was my sophomore in high school. He was a junior. And, uh, you know, that was uh, my first year starting uh, at safety. And I remember was just. Was he a linebacker uh, at the time? Yeah, he was a linebacker. Right. And that was when, you know, they were talking about their defense and their O-line. And so, I mean, I do remember, you know, their defense with the guys they had. But. I remember uh, we had a running back. He's on the Cowboys now, uh, but I, I remember him exploiting them a little bit. So I won't. I'll, I'll leave that up Ooh. to imagination, though. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Dane Belton, uh off the two interception fumble recovery game. Uh, gonna have, probably have another opportunity again this week. Uh, good luck, man. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. On to the next one. Thanks to Dane Belton right there. That was a fun little interview. Uh, It'll be interesting to see him play in the finale and see what their plans are for him next year. Because remember, Xavier McKinney's another one. We didn't get to him in the earlier uh, section. But he's another very intriguing case. Does he come back? If he doesn't, do the Giants just go with Dane Belton? Do they feel confident enough to go with Dane Belton and Jason Pinnock as their two safeties? I'm not sure I would feel fully confident with that combination feel like I would need a veteran at least to go along with them if that were the case but anyway um let's get to quick Jordan on the beat this is where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants work for ESPN or cover the NFL in general it's inevitable every year I think I brought this up in the past but every year you're traveling you're going from city to city back and forth and home You're working, you know, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week, doing all different kinds of things. My body breaks down. It's inevitable. My body breaks down. Just like when I I was younger, like like five, six, seven, eight years ago when I first started doing the Giants beat, I would inevitably be at the airport and be unable to find my car. Now I've gotten a little smarter. Take a picture. You know, you take your phone, you take a picture of where you park. It's easier. I park in the same spot in Newark Airport every time, pretty much. Same little area, so I know. But there used to be a time they do that. Same way as when I'm traveling, it just wears me down. And my body inevitably gives in and I get sick. Plus, kids are coming up from school. They're having, you know, there's the, this virus is going around school. Makes you more susceptible then because you're traveling. Your immune system's low at that point. And here we are. The point of the year where I... And predictably, under the weather. But I will say this. It took until January. It's a little 
self-pat on the back. All right. You made it till January this year. You're moving up in the world. You're getting better. Now, the next few weeks are great because everything kind of settles down. Well, but yes, they'll get, you know, there'll be some moves. We talked about the coaching staff upheaval that's likely coming earlier. And we'll see what happens there. And those moves will happen. And I'll have to hire new people. There's eventually the senior ball, the combine, all this good stuff. The draft, free agency. But in the meantime, at least I get to work from home. I'm around more. You know, I, my sleep, I get more sleep. Lifestyle improves once the season's over. That's for sure. So, as my daughter said yesterday, she was very happy when I told her the season's over this week. So, oh, yeah, you'll be around more. It's true. That's true. When the season ends, I'm more present. I'm around more. And you get to be healthier. So that's a really crappy, quick Jordan on the beat. But I think we went long enough on this episode already. So remember, like, subscribe, tell your friends. Send questions because I think next week is going to be a good time. So beginning of next week, I'll remind everybody. I'll go on social media, remind everybody. Submit your questions. We're going to do a uh, Giants After Dark. We'll answer a lot of questions next week on where this organization is and how they proceed forward. Remember, like, subscribe, tell your friends you listen to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.